Father, we cry out to you, Lord. We just cry out to you, Lord, for the people of Israel, for the Palestinians, for all those who have a heart for family, a heart to love one another. We cry out especially, Lord. We don't wish harm to anybody, so we pray for the people of Hamas. We pray that their hearts would change and they would get saved. We pray for revival. Revival in that area, Lord. Lord, we know of terrorists, I certainly know of terrorists, who have accepted you and their lives have changed forever. But Lord, I pray that you do this with thousands, not just one or two. And I cry out to you, Father, for that whole Middle East region. I cry out to you for the children who are learning hatred at such a young age. Lord, they're innocent and then their minds are messed with. Lord, please have that stopped. Lord, I cry out to you for all those families that are hurting, that have lost loved ones. I cry out to you for the, the children who have lost their parents. I cry out to you, Lord, for terrible inhumanity towards humanity. I cry out to you, Lord, I don't know what else to do, but I just ask, Father, for the power of your spirit to be in all of us so that we can follow you clearly and correctly and that we can bless others and comfort others and encourage others, that we could have a spirit of encouragement about us that anybody we speak to, whether it's in person or online or however, that we would have this spirit of encouragement. So Lord, I just pray that all that we do, we do for you. And I pray in particular that the words of my mouth this evening and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable to you, Lord. For you are my rock and you are my salvation. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Thank you. Oh my, what a week. What a week. You know, this after, I, I try and just if possible, skip by the TV. My wife's watching and looking at, thank you, thank you, looking at all the things that are going on in Israel and 
I'm passing by and I get kind of sucked into it, you know, to watch as well. And one of the things I saw today was this beautiful family, uh, two young parents and two young babies. And then my wife said that these, the husband and wife, the parents, they hid their babies away. They hid them away and those babies were found about 18 hours later, crying obviously, and the parents were dead. And I just kept thinking of that. I mean, just, just thinking of as a parent, wanting so much for my children to live that I was willing to die for them and hide them away. And that's just one story. I'm sure all of you have heard stories. But it is, it's hard to believe that we're living in an age like this. Okay. Why don't you go to the next slide and just show a picture? No, not a, no, next slide. There we go. I don't know if you can see this picture. I tried to blow it up a little. Okay, this is the music festival where 200 and what, 60 some kids died, right? Do you see what's in back of it? It's a Buddha. And so, and if we could have some lights now, because we have no more PowerPoint, so just give us some lights. On this card here that says, Repent for Israel, I'll read what it says. You can read it as well. Sorry, Facebook Live people, I didn't have time to do slides. On October 8th, 23, the, uh, 2023, this is NBC News. This is a quote from them. Videos show young Israelis dancing to trance music under a giant Buddhist statue and prayer flags around dawn, right around when the festival goer Evia Klein said he saw rockets launched from Gaza, startling the festival goers. So as we begin this message, I just want to say this message is not just about Israel. This message is about the United States as well. What's happening in Israel is a warning to us. What's happening there could easily happen to us. And in Luke 12, 48, it says, the one who did not know and did things worthy of a beating will be whipped lightly. From everyone given much, much will be required. And from the one for whom more is provided, all the more they will ask of him. God has a people. There is chosen people. And God has asked 
them to follow his ordinances, his rules. And there are situations where we are so much like Sodom and Gomorrah, and we know what God did there. So as much as I want everybody to understand how, how much hurt people are going through in Israel, and it's terrible. It's beyond comprehension. I mean, I just cry watching TV. Imagine if you were actually in the situation. It's, it's horrendous. But there comes a time when God gets tired of our sin. We see it all through Scripture. We were in a situation where we have so much, and the people of Israel have so much. I'm not saying there isn't poverty in the country, and there isn't poverty in Israel. But what I am saying is, by almost any standard, even the people who have poor, who are poor, have a reasonable amount, for the most part. And because we're relatively comfortable, I don't believe we make God our God. We make idols our God. So you're probably horrified that Israelis are dancing around the Buddha. But hey, we watch TV, we see movies, we have things in our house. There are, uh, there are things that we love more than God. We spend more time with those things than we spend with God. Zephaniah 1, 12 and 13 says, At that time I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and punish the men whose spirits have hardened, who say in their hearts, Adonai will do neither good nor evil. Their wealth will become plunder, their houses a ruin. They will build houses but not live in them. They will plant vineyards but not drink their wine. So we see a, a terrible thing going on. The very thing that God says in his Ten Commandments is being ignored by his people. So often we're a product of how we grew up. So, Israelis have grown up without God, so it makes perfect sense that when they get out of the military, out of the IDF, they go to India to search for spiritual stuff. 
And they go other places where they can search for spiritual things, not realizing that the God of the universe had called them already. So we read in Exodus, which you have, by the way, on here, you shall have no other gods before me. Do not make for yourself a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or on the earth below or in the water under the earth. I think that's relatively clear. And so often people talk about, well, how would you interpret that? I think it's clear. I think it would be hard to interpret it a different way than what I'm already thinking and what you're probably thinking. So what is an idol? An idol is, can be a physical representation of God or it can be various things that represent evil. It can be what's in our heart that is more important than God. The least you can do, because you might be wondering, well, what can I do? I'm just one person. The least you can do is also the most you can do, and that is pray. In Daniel 9, 4, 7, 4 to 7, and, and Daniel's one of my heroes, definitely one of my heroes in, the, in Scripture. And we know that, that he saw what was written in Scripture, and instead of talking about it, he went to prayer. And he says, I prayed to Adonai, my God, and confess. And again, this is also on your card here. I prayed and, say, uh, and confessed, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and mercy with those who love him and keep his mitzvot, we have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have acted wickedly. We have rebelled. We have turned away from your mitzvot or your deeds or, or, or even your commandments, it could be, and from your rulings. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our leaders, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. You, Lord, are righteousness, but shame covers our face to this day. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, near and far, in all the countries where you have banished them because they behaved unfaithfully toward you. God does allow for certain things to happen to people who do not listen to him. And this can go on for years and years and years. And there comes a point where God allows things to happen. Maybe he uses Hamas. I don't know. But whatever it is, it falls back on you and me. Because we have to understand that we serve not only a loving God, but a serious God. Another one that is not in, in your 
cards here. And by the way, Facebook Live people, if you would like these cards, and there's also a beautiful prayer written by uh, Amy uh, in your packet as well. If you would like those Facebook people, just call our office. We'll send them out to you, email them to you. But in 1 Kings 8, 46 to 51, it says, If they sin against you, for there is no man that does not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and their captors carry them away captive to the land of the enemy, far off or near. Yet if they take it to the heart in the land which they have been carried captive, and they repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captors, saying, we have sinned, we have committed iniquity, we have acted wickedly, and they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies who carried them into exile, and pray to you toward their land that you gave to their fathers, the city that you have chosen, and the house which I have built for your name. Then hear their prayer and their supplication in heaven, your dwelling place. Maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you, as well as all their transgressions. They have transgressed against you. And grant them mercy before their captors, so they may have mercy on them. For they are your people and your inheritance that you brought out of Egypt, out of the middle of the iron furnace. There's so often in scripture where the person who is writing, whether it's Daniel or Solomon, reminds God of not only who he is, but who we are as a chosen people because there are things that God allows to happen. The people were taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was because of their sin. The people were spread out all over the world because of their sin. It is unreasonable to think that God is however you want to phrase it, whether he allows it, whether he uses it, however it is. He obviously allows it because it happened. And he could have stopped it. And the same thing that has happened to Israel can happen to the United States because we are deep in sin. Deep in sin. And though our kids are not growing up like the kids of Hamas and, and many of the Palestinians to hate, our kids are growing up with any, without any values. And so they can be on the college campus and say ridiculous things because that seems to be normative in their world. Because they don't know God. God has blessed the United States so much. 
And it's time for us to turn back to God. We have to do so. And we have to bring others to that place. I believe that if we don't, soon we will see similar things happen here in the United States. I believe that. Prayer is key. We have to intercede for everyone. Can you imagine, you know, you had no choice as to where you were born. You had no choice. So imagine for a minute you were born in Gaza. And you had the Hamas all around you. Let's say you weren't even in a Hamas family. But you went to school and were they taught to hate Jews and to kill them. And that it's a blessing to commit suicide if you can hurt the Jewish people. It would be hard to get away from that kind of thinking. Imagine what strength it would take to leave your parents and your friends and your family and seek to follow God. I pray for the Palestinians. They need God just as much as anybody. We need to humble ourselves. We need to take time out each day and cry out to God for his mercy and his grace. So I'll give you an example of a prayer. And it's on this card. It says, I break any connection I or Israel have with idols that are in our heart. Keep all idols far away from us in the name of Yeshua. I destroy any demonic infiltration that has affected myself or Israel. I come against all false gods that have tempted my heart, spirit, and mind, whether intentional or out of ignorance. If I or Israel have had any affections and love on something that overshadows our love for you, then reveal it to us so that we can fully repent and renounce whatever is outside of your will for us. I pray that I and Israel will give my full affection and devotion to you. May your name be lifted up and glorified by all of Israel and myself. May, my, may we represent you with the power of your spirit through the great faith you have gifted us with. Humbly, I ask for your grace and mercy to be upon all Israel in Yeshua's name. So what I've prepared for you is just a small prayer card. I mean, probably could have written 10 pages. 
So if you think I forgot something, you're right. Many things. But if you open your card, in the inside cover it says, Pray for Israel. And I picked 11 points that I thought were reasonable to keep praying for Israel about. The first one is revival. Because revival could solve all the problems. <laughs> so... The secondly is certainly protection and safety, and you can go down the list. God has given us scripture, not just to study, but to meditate on and to pray and to use to understand who he is and the direction he wants us to go. And he wants us to understand him. So he gives us scripture so we can do this. We know that as we pray scripture, most of you probably pray Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you will prosper and so on. But look at the next scripture, which you probably are not that familiar with. Isaiah 31, 5. Like covering birds, so Adonai Tzivaot will protect Jerusalem. By protecting, he will deliver. By passing over, he will save. A great scripture to pray. A great scripture to pray. Or what about the next one? Psalm 129, 4-6. Adonai is righteous. He has cut the ropes of the wicked. May all who hate Zion, Zion being another word for Israel, be driven back in disgrace. Let them be like grass on the roofs, which withers before it springs up. These are scriptures that we should be praying because we want to see those who hate Israel to be driven back in disgrace. And there it is in Scripture. A number of people seem to be arguing, oh, I'm on a, a WhatsApp thing with about 75 believers. It started out so nice. It was such a wonderful thing, people encouraging each other. It was a real blessing. And then the war hit. And everybody became a teacher. And everybody wrote long, long things about Israel and Scripture. And then people started disagreeing. Would you? How could that ever happen? So guess what? Now, it's the believers against the believers instead of the believers focusing on prayer and, and God's word. And now we're arguing about how we interpret scripture and whether Psalm 83 is about this time now. Is this the war? Can't we just stick to using scripture 
for prayer and edification and understanding and not for arguing? If we're going to use scripture, then let's remember how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Or John 17, where Yeshua says, you'll know them by their love for one another. But no, we have to be right and smarter than the next guy. We have these beautiful scriptures. I don't know. One of my favorite always has been, and, and, and you know, Beck, it'd be nice if we could revise that song that Talia used to sing. Whenever I think of a Psalm 137, it's in sort of the middle of the next page. How can we sing a song of Adonai in a foreign land if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither? May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I cease to remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my chief joy. This is God's heart. We're not, we're not putting Jerusalem as an idol. We're putting God's heart in our heart as to what is important. You can read these. There, there, again, there are a lot of songs. Uh, you know, the next one, um, As the Mountains Are Around Jerusalem, that's a Joel Chernoff song. Any rate, Psalm 125, 1 through 5, those who trust in Adonai are like Mount Zion. It cannot be moved, but endures forever. That's how you and I are if we trust God. Why don't you focus on that for a second and just understand that all you have to do, <laughs> all you have to do, it's probably the hardest thing to do, is trust God. Trust God. And you'll be a light, like a mountain that will never move forevermore. I mean, so... Let's focus on trusting God. Let's get scriptures into us that help us trust God. Like Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains from when comes my help. My help comes from Adonai, maker of heaven and earth. These are scriptures that we need to bring inside our spirit so that we, we can cry, we can be sad, we can be mad, but we have to be joyful. Now, how you do that all at one time, I think is still possible. But it's hard. Because oftentimes our anger overtakes our joy. What that means, let me translate that for you. When our anger overtakes our joy, then the culture has overtaken our trust in God. Psalm 49, 14 to 16, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. And I'm sure there are many in Israel who have said that, right? 
the Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. This scripture, I guess, firm the, the organization we were talking about before that we support, they must have taken this literally because they put out a video and they put a name on their hand, a name of, I guess, someone who has either died, I'm sorry, the hostages, the name of a hostage. I think that's a beautiful idea, a beautiful idea. And, and I'm, I would imagine it comes from this scripture. We, we are called, you and I are called. It doesn't matter how much money you have, how, much, how little you have. It doesn't matter how smart you are or not smart you are. You are called. And if you take up that calling, God is asking you to be his ambassador, and he takes everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. So call upon the name of the Lord and make sure that's what you do. Okay, let's look at a little of Psalm 83, as it seems to have taken the internet by storm. God, do not be silent. Do not hold your peace, or God... Do not be still, for look, your enemies make an uproar. They who hate you lift up their head. They make a shrewd plot against your people, conspiring against your treasured ones. Come, they say, let's wipe them out as a nation. Let Israel's name be remembered no more, for with one mind, they plot together against you do they make a covenant now obviously this sounds like what's going on right now in the arab world well you have to go a lot further i didn't write the entire scripture down but then you get to the good part because you know god always has a good part right so we start on the next page with verse 14 my god Make them like tumbleweed, like chaff before the wind. As a fire burns a forest, and as a flame sets mountains ablaze, so pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your storm. Cover their faces with shame so they may seek your name, Adonai. Let them be ashamed and dismayed forever. Let them be humiliated and perish. Let them know that you alone, whose name is Adonai, are El Elyon over all the earth. And so when we sang Adonai, he is the Lord over all the earth, all the earth. There's uh, something we're going to have to do 
to our friends and our family, neighbors, we're going to have to encourage them. Because, and maybe some of you will feel the same way, but there are a number of people who are scared. Scared to walk out of their house. Scared to come here to synagogue. They are scared to say that they are part of a messianic Jewish synagogue. They are scared to write, uh, wear their Bless Israel t-shirts. They are scared to, they are scared. And rightly so, in the sense that there are crazy people in Tampa who probably will get infuriated by you. And I believe we have to take a stand. If Israelis are willing to die to keep Israel, and we say we are pro-Israel, what does that mean? We have to decide to take steps of boldness. We've, we've really tried hard this week to set up a place where we could have a Bless Israel event. And honestly, we had two great places, both of which would have had us, were it not for a lot of money. <laughs> One was Raymond James, the other was HCC. And really, HCC was great. I mean, they, but we would have had to rent a lot of things a lot of police, and just doesn't seem possible. So probably this week we're going to look at churches, large churches, maybe who will partner with us. We have to step out and let people know that our faith is in God. Does that mean we'll never get hurt? No. No doesn't. But it's, it means that we're willing to count the cost and do it anyway. It's something you have to think about because many of you have children or grandchildren that this might affect. Just as I told the story in the beginning of this one family, but if you're on Facebook at all, and for those of you who are not on Facebook who say, oh, I'd never be on Facebook, this is a time to be on Facebook. You will just cry and cry and cry with the people talking about the ones who died. And if you watch TV, and they interviewed the brother of somebody who died or the mother of somebody who died or the mother who was interviewed and said, I got a text from my son. He said, I love you. And the next text said, I'm sorry. And the next, there was no next. And he's either captured or dead. 
to look at the faces of the young people who have passed away, because, you know, most of the people who have been killed, though there were some who were older and Holocaust victims, we understand that. But there were also a lot, the majority, who were between 18 and 26 or 27, just starting out their life. So, I always like to say, whatever we're talking about, it has to look like something. So when we love, love has to look like something. If we're respectful, it has to look like something. Well, this is the time where we have to dig deep into our heart and say, what does it mean to be pro-Israel? What does it mean? We really have to pray about it and think about it. It's a difficult, difficult thing. It's not easy. But we have to decide. We have to, we have to I believe, take a stand. This synagogue is going to take a stand. Now, will we put a bunch of Israeli flags out on the front? Um, we might, except that I don't think we'd be allowed to because this property is owned by the church and I don't think they want the trouble that comes with that. I don't, I'm not looking for trouble, but, um, but I, I also feel that it's really necessary to to have integrity about who I am as a person and follow what I believe God would have me do. Yeah, and that's it. Amen. Amen. Now, if there's anybody here or on Facebook who has never accepted Yeshua into your heart, maybe you can't understand anything I'm saying. Because you haven't even counted the cost of accepting Yeshua, which is the greatest gift in the world. Why would you then count the cost of, of being pro-Israel in a culture which very soon will be turning anti-Israel? I'm not a, I'm not going to say I'm prophetic in this way, but I do not have faith in our government to stand up for Israel. And I think we're beginning to see cracks in that, the good speeches. We have to stand with the Lord and pray and listen to what he says to us and then follow him. So if somebody's never received Yeshua as their Messiah, I would say this is the time to do so because it's the greatest gift in the world. It grants you eternal life, but it grants you also abundant life while you're here on earth. And those two things combined can't be matched by anything. So let's pray. Father, I come to you, Lord.
And I just say, Father, move upon us, Lord. Move upon us in the name of Yeshua. Lord, we humble ourselves in such a way we're just asking, Lord, because we don't know what is better. We don't know. So we ask you to fill us with your spirit so we do know. What we do know is that we're seeking to trust you. We're not perfect at it, but we're going to try really hard to trust you, Lord, with all our heart and lean not on our own common sense. But in everything we do, we're going to acknowledge you, Lord. And you have promised to direct us to keep our ways straight. We're holding you to that promise, Lord. We're holding you to the promise of Second Chronicles 7.14. That when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray, will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, Father, you have promised you would hear from heaven. You would forgive our sins, and you would heal our land. Lord, I pray in the name of Yeshua. I pray in the name of Yeshua that you would heal our land, that you would heal Israel, that you would cause, that we won't give you any rest until Israel and Jerusalem is a praise in all the earth. Father, the time when all of the world turns against Israel, I just pray that it will not be on my watch because you've called watchmen to be on the walls. And we blow the shofar to warn people, to warn them of the sin that is so easily entangles us. So we're watchmen, and we're calling out sin right now, not to be judgmental, but to bring your people home to you, Lord. To just be filled with the power of your spirit so that they can have abundant life. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen.